Um, there's an acronym that's kind of a modern acronym called GOAT. Do you know what the GOAT is? Greatest of all time. So who's the greatest, the GOAT of quarterbacking? Or who's the, what's the greatest of all time Christmas carol? Or the greatest of all time of musician or whatever? Maybe the greatest verse of all time in the Bible is John 3.16. Many have put that to memory. And it really explains the meaning of Christmas. As you're going into it, if, you, if you're wondering what really is Christmas about, it's this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Man, we just heard from two, two different angles from the little kids telling the, the, the story of, of the birth of Christ through that song that we just sang as well about a Savior being born, a Savior being born. John 3.16 is truly about the, what the babe in the manger came to do. As we've talked a couple times within that song, and, and Brian mentioned it in his poem, Jesus came on a rescue mission. He said he came to seek and save the lost. And the word, in, in, if you don't know this, the, the New Testament, in, when we read it in English, is translated from Greek. And the Greek word for perish and the Greek word for lost are the exact same word. So perishing or, or, or being lost are one and the same now, I think John 3.16, as I was putting this together, is like a Christmas tree with underneath it are amazing presents for us to open this Christmas, this year. The first present to open is this, that Christmas demonstrates the greatest love. Christmas demonstrates the greatest love. As we read this verse, for God so loved the world. The word so is an adverb of intensity, right? You say, man, I'm mad, or I'm so mad. You, you intensify the statement that you're making. Or you say, I love you, or I so love you. It ups the ante, so to speak, on that. And so God loves us so much. He loves us so much. His love for you is extravagant. His love for you is um, passionate. No one will ever love you like God loves you. No one has that capacity because God is love. His very essence, his very being is love. It's not just one of his attributes. The reason you and I exist is to be loved by God. It's to be loved by God. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 Verse 38, he says, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate. He goes on to list that neither angels nor demons nor life nor death nor any height nor depth can separate you and I from the love of God that's in Christ. God doesn't love the better version of you years from now as you grow and mature more than he does. He, he, doesn't, he can't love you anymore, regardless of how you feel, where you've been, what you've done. He loves you infinitely and perfectly. Don't base God's love on your circumstances. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Jesus promised that in this life, you're going to go through trials and tribulations and sorrows because this isn't heaven. But he said, take courage. I've overcome the world. I've overcome all this. Trust me. 
And don't trust in feelings when it comes to understanding the love of God. Feelings are a roller coaster ride. Someday you, you feel him, some days he feels a million miles away. We don't rely upon feelings, we rely upon faith. Second gift that we need to open from this amazing verse in John 3.16 is this. Christmas is about the greatest sacrifice. It's about the greatest sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Loving, loving and giving go hand in hand. Um, you, you can give without love, but you can't love without giving because giving follows true love. It follows that, that giving and sacrifice. It's the essence of love, not feelings. Love is action. Love is something that we actually do. You ever heard this statement? Maybe you've said it. If you want to do something right, you got to do it yourself. Who's ever said that before? Look, did you say it today? <laughs> well, that's what God did. He said, if, if, I'm, if this is going to be right, I got to do this myself. So he diagnoses hum, humanity's problem. And he says, I'm going to go solve their problem. We don't have the capacity to solve the human problems that we have. But God does. And so he sends his eternal son to come in human form to be one of us. He entered into the fallen world that we call the fallen world of Adam and and what had happened at the fall. He entered that world to become one of us so that he could redeem us. God didn't send an angel. He didn't send an avatar. He didn't send uh, a martyr. He didn't send a good teacher. He sent his one and only son. The book of Colossians says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. In other words, when you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. He's the face of God. Why did Jesus come to us as a babe in the manger. Well, he came to save us, not scare us, right? So he, he came to show us what God was like. If you ever wonder, what is God like? Look at the life of Jesus in, in the Gospels. That's what God is like. He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I've showed you what God is like in his self, selfless life that he lived on our behalf. Thirdly, Christmas holds out the greatest offer. We see this in John 3.16. It's the greatest offer. Now, you probably got many emails these past few weeks in your email inbox, right, of Kohl's, you do this, and this offer, and savings, and, or dare I ask if anyone's ever sat through like a, a timeshare, right? I'm not picking on you if you own one, but man, they get you. They have this offer that you, you walk away going, did I just really buy that, or how did, how did that happen? Like... And it's, it's a, they sell it so good. It's, it's kind of like the infomercials, you know. Hey, buy this piece of exercise equipment and you'll be skinny in 2023. And if you act now, we'll throw in these vitamins that you can also take. That was instant stuff. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, here it is, that whoever believes in him shall not perish or be lost. Now, the whosoever, that's an inclusive word. Come one, come all. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. He is the all-inclusive Savior, but he's also the exclusive Savior. 
He said it himself. There's no other way to the Father but through the person of his Son, through the person of Jesus. That's how we come to God. That's how we get to know God. And to put your faith in Jesus is to trust him and agree with him. It's coming in agreement. Jesus, you are Savior and you are Lord. You're Savior. You've saved me, saved my life in this life and the life to come, and you're also Lord, I want to follow you. And you agree that Jesus knows how to live life because he created us, and we follow him. We don't, we don't make Jesus Lord. We don't make him Savior. He's already those truths. We agree with him. So how do we accept this amazing offer? Well, the Apostle Paul in Romans 10, 9 makes it plain. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved. It's right there. Declare with your mouth and believe in your heart. He is who he says he is. That's salvation for us. Now, sometimes people stumble over unanswerable questions. The question of suffering, difficulties, all of that. That's something that we all wrestle with as human beings, right? Why does this stuff happen? And interestingly, Jesus did not give us some sort of handbook on how to answer the unanswerable questions. But he does ask us to answer two questions, each one of us. When he was with his disciples one time, he said, who do the people say I am? His fame and was started to grow and he was doing miracles. He says, who do the people say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets, maybe even John the Baptist come back from the dead. And he turns it on the disciples and he says, who do you guys say I am? And Peter immediately says, well, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's the right answer, my man. And he wants us to say, answer that tonight. Who do we say Jesus is? And I say, and I pray you declare as well, you're the Messiah. You're the one, you're the, one, you're the savior of us all. And you put your trust in him. But the other question, answerable question that Jesus asks us is, will you follow me? Over and over, he asks people, follow me, follow me. We want to move from just believing to following and doing what Jesus tells us to do. You read through the gospels and the teachings of Jesus, you'll see the most fantastic life there is. It's selflessness, self-denial, others-centered, because that's who God is. We forget that sometimes. And you put that into practice, that's not an easy life. It's difficult to live out what Jesus said how to live, but it's the best. It's worth, worth every ounce of who we are to, to put into practice what he says. And then lastly, John three sixteen, looking at it as a Christmas gift, provides the greatest gift. Christmas provides the greatest gift. And here's the gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. Will have eternal life. Now, tonight or tomorrow or a combo of both, depending upon your traditions, you're going to begin to open presents. And maybe you are waiting for that latest new technology a thing, that you, gadget that you get to, to use. And uh, I remember one year, I, I thought Janelle was going to get me, my wife Janelle was going to get me an, a new iPad. 
I thought for sure this is what I was getting. I opened it up, and it was a Fitbit. (laughs) She visibly saw the disappointment on my face. I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? But but think about this. You open up the latest, greatest thing. How many remember what a Palm Pilot was? How many had a Palm Pilot? It's a, it was the first little Bluetooth thing that you use your stylus, and if you were in a close enough distance, you could send little messages. And uh, great for boring staff meetings back in the day, for sure. But, you know, how many remember a BlackBerry like when that was cutting edge? Like those things were the bomb. Anybody still use a BlackBerry? Like, uh, maybe you don't. Flip phones. All those fun things that, honestly, after time, we either lose them we break them, they become outdated, and it's got to find the next thing. Here's the gift of eternal life. Never gets outdated, never going to get broken, never going to wear out. It's the gift that truly keeps on giving. Here's what the Apostle Peter says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Sadly, many people miss the meaning of Christmas. And they're not even sure why they're celebrating. And what would keep us from receiving this gift? I think there's a couple things. Fear and doubt. You know, sometimes people think that that you you have to have it all figured out, all the theology, all this and that that to to come to Jesus is simply not true. You, and and sometimes our doubts of like, I've never seen this Jesus. I've never really seen God. How, How can I... How can I know this is real? Well, fear and doubt might keep us from opening that gift, but maybe hurt as well. A lot of people have been hurt by church. They've been hurt by Christians, people who said they followed Jesus, but they ended up hurting them really bad. And I'm here to tell you that his followers can hurt you, but he won't. Jesus will never let you down. People will. That's just something we have to embrace. Um. Many years ago, I have a friend many years ago whose wife became a Christian, a follower of Jesus. She started asking him to come to church and things. And he's like, nah, that's good for you. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that, but it's not for me. She continued to, hey, we come to church, da, da, da. And, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And so one day she pulled out the big guns and she went to the family Christian bookstore. Anybody remember the family Christian bookstore? She got him a brand new Bible with his name engraved on it. This is the winning shot here. She handed it to him, and he was like, gee, thanks, you know, and set it on the kitchen counter, and it just sat there and sat there over time. One day she began to talk to him again about Jesus, and he grabbed the Bible, and he threw it on the floor, and he said, I'm sick of this. Stop. And she was crushed. A couple days later, he's watching a golf tournament on TV, and he sees somebody holding a sign that said John 3.16. You've seen that at football games when they kick a field goal and someone's holding that sign. Somebody at the golf tournament was. He goes and he finds the Bible, picks up that Bible, and he turned and he found John 3.16. 
And he read out loud, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And he knew that that whosoever was him. He knew that that day he, his life changed. He agreed with Jesus that he was Lord and Savior, and he's been following Jesus ever since. That's the power. That's the power of the Word of God. I didn't want to make you stumble and fumble your candle like that, but what an amazing night. What an amazing Savior. What we pray for most, more than anything for those of you that are a guest with us tonight, we don't care if you think Novation is a great church. We want you to know that you have a great Savior in the person of Jesus, and we're following Him. And if you are looking for a church, we'd love to answer any questions and be that community to follow Jesus together. So let me close in prayer. Lord, thank you that you are the light of the world, that whoever follows you will never walk in the darkness. And we want to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've accomplished for us, not only in your birth, but in your life, in your death, and your resurrection. May we celebrate Christmas this year with that joy and hope and peace in our heart that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen.